Hello, and welcome to the Brick and Mortar Detroit podcast, where we discuss business, real estate, lifestyle, and travel. I'm your host, Eric Andrews, founder and owner of Brick and Mortar Detroit Real Estate Brokerage. I started this podcast for boots on the ground insights from not just one, but as many industry professionals that I could find. Today's guest is Danielle Bill. Hey, Danny, thanks for coming on. Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Wonderful. Thank you. And why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, well, I have been in the customer service industry probably for about 15 years now. Um, so a mix of, you know, starting out working as a waitress, you know, when I was a teenager, um, going from, you know, retail clothing stores. Uh, and then my last actual sales and customer service job was actually an insurance agent. Um, I was out for a few years um, for specifically State Farm. Um, so that, you know, with all those different experiences, I feel like my customer service knowledge um, is quite vast um, with just different avenues that I've been able to work in, you know, throughout my life. And uh, more recently now landing in title insurance, um, that's kind of helped me, you know, kind of grow my experience a little bit more, grow my industry knowledge and, you know, my curiosity really. So title is a very interesting business with that, you know, being in the real estate game. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm actually really excited to hear about it because when you told me you were entitled, I'm like, perfect, because there's so many things that I don't even know. And I'm a real estate agent. I'm sure that other people have similar questions and like curiosity. So you're, you're going to give us a rundown today. And I'm hoping that we can definitely learn quite a bit today from you. So um, are you from Detroit? So I'm not. I'm actually newly a Detroit native, I guess I should say, as I've been here for the past probably about uh, 10 years now, um, I, you know, went to MSU and that's where I, I met my now husband. Um, yeah, you know, go white, you know, a lot of my friends and family. And then I actually ended up getting my business degree out of Cleary University. Um, so, you know, I've, I've gotten all my education out of Michigan, you know, um, I've, you know, met my, my love of my life here, you know, my best friends are here, you know, my family's here. So um, it, it's it's really become a home of mine. And I, I really love it here. And I honestly, I couldn't imagine going back to Chicago, but don't tell anybody that. <laughs> well, everybody's going to know soon, but we'll, we'll keep it between me and you. <laughs> we'll, we'll wait till it goes live and then I'll have my... Exactly. And so how exactly did you find your way into the title, you know, game, I guess we can call it? Um, honestly, by a stroke of luck, I mean, really, I was feeling really frustrated, um, and just bent out in the current industry that I was in, um, you know, in being in sales, um, it's hard, you know, I mean, you're marketing yourself, you know, as well as the product that you're standing, you know, behind. And, you know, sometimes you really have to believe in that product. And personally, for me, you know, being in the insurance industry, um, particularly auto life health insurance is what I was doing it's a very competitive business you know extremely competitive um and so with me i was just having a very hard time you know finding ways to be successful there um so i just needed to branch out uh so you know i started to look into other avenues um in the insurance industry in retail things that i understood and knew um and honestly uh, i got a call from uh, real estate one uh, which is a you know big realtor brand here in michigan um, and they actually had a title insurance company capital title uh, which i currently work for um and so yeah it really just fell into my lap i mean they looked at my experience they looked at my knowledge um and they were like you know we really think that you could be a really big asset um in our company mm-hmm. wow you, it did just fall in your lap huh yeah, it really did gotcha so i mean it sounds like you really like it 
I do. I love it. Um, it's very different. Um, it's different from anything that I've ever done before. Um, you know, I've, it's, it's more specific, I guess, in where, you know, when I was working in a kitchen, you know, you're selling food. So it's like people come in when they're hungry, you know, mm -hmm. kind of thing. It's very easy business. Um, but with this, you know, it's, it's referral based, um, you know, like our agents are our customers, they're our clients. And so we really have to embody their wants and their needs and, you know, project that to their clients, you know, which are the buyers, the sellers. I um, mean, we really have to embody that experience and, you know, make them look good. So if they look good, we look good. So it's, you know, it's a partnership. Awesome. Awesome. So, okay. So for people who don't really know what a title company is, can you just give us like a general layman's term rundown for what a title company is? Yeah. I mean, uh, basically um, it's a service that you can use uh, if you buy or sell a house. Um, you know, we pull current and past deeds, we'll make sure all outstanding liens are paid for, you know, your mortgages, your taxes, any water, um, you know, so it just makes things very easy in that mm -hmm. process. A lot of people don't know what they're doing when they're buying or selling a home. You know, there's so much that you have to know. And a lot of things are behind the scenes. So it's like, you don't even actually know that it's happening. It's just being given to you, you know? Yes. Um, so I think with that, it's really important to go through a company that understands that stuff and is actually looking out for you. Um, so, you know, I mean, there are a lot of private sales that, you know, people will do, you know, without going through a company, you know, that can actually read through those things and do it legally. Um, so, you know, so it, it's, there's a lot of risk involved when people try to do that stuff themselves. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I always use a title company. I've never done a deal without a title company just, and I usually explain it to like my buyers or sellers as, you know, a trusted middle person that you mm -hmm. essentially can allow to facilitate the deal contractually and not really leave it to one side of the deal or the other side of the deal kind of taking control because as soon as bad blood gets in or you know you guys have a disagreement or you don't really you're not sure if you can trust them to really do everything that they need and should be doing um properly and so a title company that's never a worry. I've never really had a situation with a title company where I felt as if they were going to like play us or, you know, sway or feel like they're working more so for the seller or the buyer or whatever it may be. So I highly, highly, highly recommend a title company. Um, and so what exactly is your title? Um, so specifically for me, um, at my company, we have very unique titles at our companies just to kind of set us apart from everyone else. So my role would be a lender liaison. Uh, level two. Um, so that being basically, I'm that in go between for the lender and the agent, um, and then even the client sometimes. Because you know, we we all love our loan officers and our brokers, but sometimes they just, you know, as soon as the deal gets closer, you know, they forget who their customer is. You know, oh, yeah. like it's just oh, yeah. <laughs> they're like, oh, what's their name again? You know, what day they're closing? You know, they only care when their check is showing up. You know, so. So with that, you know, we give them more a, a human, you know, person to deal with um, mm -hmm. somebody they don't have to call, especially when you're dealing with, you know, Rocket Mortgage, Chase Bank, Bank of America, you know, you're calling like a 1-800 number just to ask a simple question. So, um, you know, we're that in between to try to, you know, get that contact for you, you know, get that information that you need, let you know your final figure, let you know how much to make your check out to, you know, so, so, you know, you're not doing too much of that process trying to get in charge, you know, contact if your loan officer, your agent, you know, we're that person that you can contact and get all those questions answered. Awesome. 
awesome. Mm-hmm. And so like, what's your day-to-day like? What, how would you characterize your day-to-day? Uh, man, so my office is lucky enough that we have at least two to three closings a day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and uh, some, a lot of those are mortgage closings. Lucky for me is, you know, I work with a lot of lenders and brokers. So um, balancing numbers, uh, preparing documents for closing, uh, printing checks, you know, mm-hmm. dispersing flyers, um, you know, making sure people get their copy packages, uh, you know, their property transfer documents, you know, explaining the process of filing those. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, ordering payoffs, I mean, water bills, you know, just all that stuff that you need to do, you know, to get to that closing. Um, You know, even sometimes we're setting up DocuSign, you know, now in the days of COVID, you know, people are able to e-sign things now. So, you know, we're setting up full DocuSign packages and sending them out, you know, for closing. So, you know, yeah, just a variety (laughs) of things, you know, it's like anything to get it done. Yeah, absolutely. And so are there any misconceptions you think that most people have about what title companies do or anything like that? Um, Honestly, it's such a specific industry that I think unless you are in the industry yourself, not many people know what we're doing, you know, which is just so incredible to me because, you know, people don't understand that you can choose a title company. I mean, really, you know, there's so many different title companies out there. Um, and so I, it's, it's funny, we get a lot of calls, you know, a day asking for, you know, car title insurance. So I think that's like the biggest thing that, you know, people think we do, we, they mm. think we do car title and it's like, no, 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 you know, real estate. <laughs> is very different you know it's like if you had about an hour we can sit down and talk to you about what you know like real estate title can do for you so yeah I mean I think the biggest misconception is that people just don't know they have no idea unless you buy a house you know people say oh yeah I think I went through a title company it's like you for sure went through a title company when you bought your house you know yeah especially if you have a mortgage you definitely probably yeah, went through a title. you know but people just have no idea it's like you know it's so in the background they didn't even know they were sitting at a title company's office for their closing you know absolutely absolutely yeah. and so overall I guess what are some of the caveats of not using a title company? Is anything come to mind that, you know, or that you see more often than not, than, you know, people are trying to fix problems that they've created by not using a title company or what you Yeah, have? yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, especially, you know, unfortunately with, you know, the Detroit properties, um, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of tax title that happens out there. Um, and that's where things get really messy, you know, um, just determining, you know, where interest lies, you know, there are people that still, you know, especially when you're doing the, you know, oh, I just signed this quick claim deed over to my brother, you know, so he can have this. It, it's not as easy as that, you know, mm-hmm. because then one day you're going to say, hey, you know, I own part of that property, you know, and then when somebody is trying to buy it three times over, you know, it's like you still have interest in that house and that's going to ruin somebody's day if you're going to try to come and collect, you know. Yeah. So it's it's very um it's easier to cut the ties, you know, and I, that's what the title companies offer for you. They give you that guarantee that nobody's going to be able to come back and say, hey, somebody quit claim that to me three years ago. I should be getting, you know, 10000 of that sale. You know, it, it, you know, it keeps things clean. I mean, you know, makes people um, guaranteed, you know, that it's like you own this property um, and that, you know, you can do it to your will. You know, you can sell it, you can buy it, you can rent it. Um, yeah. So I, I, I like that satisfaction, you know, for the clients that, you know, they don't have to worry about anybody coming to try to take their properties from them. 
Yeah, yeah. And it's like you said, in Detroit, that is a big, big, big problem. There were a lot of people, or at least are a lot of people that I've dealt with in the past. And there have been some transactions I just could not take. Because when I first started doing it, we would do a lot of pre-title. I don't, a lot of agencies don't do that anymore. Do you guys do pre-title? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah. you know, you can get all the way to the end of the deal only to find out that there's a ton of things that need to be fixed on a title or we're not really sure who owns the property or maybe, you know, it needs to be quiet title or whatever it may be. And so you need to use a title company. There was one guy I talked to last year or a few years ago, and there was, he had the deed or didn't know where the deed was or something like that. It had never been recorded, but his dad gave him the house and like stuff like that. And now he couldn't sell the house. He didn't want the house, but he couldn't even sell it. Or there was so much, so many hurdles that he had to go through. And maybe for the house that he was trying to sell, it was probably a little bit more costly than selling the house itself. So, sure. you know, yeah. you get jammed up, you know, with those types of things. So you always need a professional. You always need someone who has that expertise and you always need to be able to have some guidance. And that's why you use a realtor. That's why you use a title insurance company. It's why you talk to a loan officer because they all have their expertise in those particular areas. And so title insurance, for sure. And so like, what exactly is like typical title insurance? What does it consist of? Um, So you can have two different types of policies. Uh, There's an owner's policy um, for basically for those that uh, sell, you know, buy or sell the home. So Mm -hmm. if you're a buyer, then essentially you're going to be given an owner's policy as the new owner on the property. Um, So it basically would display any outstanding liens, um, anything that needs to be taken care of before closing, you know, recording of the deed, paying off of any mortgages, paying of any taxes, outstanding water. If there's an HOA, because HOAs can put liens on your property as well too. You don't pay those fines, you know, Um, they're very powerful. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, stuff like that. So, you know, you get an owner's policy when you purchase a home. So that basically is your policy that certifies we have clear title on this property. You know, Mm -hmm. there is not outstanding everything, you know, all bows are crossed, you know, T's and I's dotted, all that fun stuff. Um, So you're certified that if there is some type of claim, if there was some type of, you know, water bill that was outstanding and ended up rolling out to $10,000, or if there was some type of taxes that went delinquent, um, you can file a claim against that policy um, against us, basically, for not doing our due diligence. Um, There's a loan policy for the lender. So if you ever take out a mortgage, the lender actually gets a policy which certifies essentially the same thing. Title was clear. There's no outstanding obligations that um, they can force, you know, they can do a foreclosure on the mortgage if they feel free. Um, You know, if there aren't any payments being made, basically they have ownership on that home against their mortgage. Gotcha. And how long do these policies last? Um, you know, for the lifetime of the, you know, of the home, as long as you own it. So it it has to be the respective parties that, you know, still own the home. Uh, Once that transaction is, you know, sold or, you know, sent to another party, then you'll have to get a new policy to replace that. Gotcha. 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 And so I may have asked a similar question already, but I kind of like to ask questions that are similar because I always get a different answer. So what do you wish the general public knew about title companies? So I wish that they knew how much work we do. (laughs) 
Like, there's, I mean, there's a lot. I mean, you have to go through the different municipalities, you know, to collect, you know, information on these properties. Um, you have to try to pull, uh, you know, as many deeds and quick claim recordings as you can. Um, and the biggest thing that we have to explain to people, like you said, you know, if it's not recorded, we don't know. I, you know, we can't assume, you know, like there one customer that you had that your dad quit claimed this to you and that he went and got it recorded at the city of Detroit. There's yeah. no way for us to know unless it's actually showing up on record. And if it's not showing up on record, then unfortunately our hands are tied, Absolutely. you know? You know, we can only go within the constraints of the law. You know, we can't make assumptions and we can't act like attorneys. You know, we do have attorneys, you know, thankfully, but it, it's just like you said, those things can get really muddled and it can really hold off the transaction or even, I mean, there are situations where we can't close transactions because there's just too much mud in the water and we can't guarantee somebody a clear title. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And so what is the process of like researching just a simple title? What, what, what does that consist of? I know you said there are different municipalities and different mm -hmm. things that you do, but like, what is kind of the step-by-step process to the best of your ability? Um, so basically, it really depends if there's a homeowner's insurance, um, homeowner, sorry, homeowner's association, basically, um, we start calling with the, the HOA, because um, unfortunately, um, HOAs, they are very slow to produce information, you know, they, they love to knock on your door and ask for their money, but oh, you know. Man. When you're asking them for an invoice or you know some type of um, confirmation of you know how much our buyer is going to have to pay coming into your complex, oh that can take up into a month. <laughs> you know, it's like so, so. You know, I think it's like dealing with the you know different companies and you know their different avenues of how they like to work with title companies, which sometimes you know isn't very helpful. Um, but, you know, with that, uh, we will run, you know, we pull deeds on the property. We try to get the most recent deeds, at least 12 months on the property, if not longer. Um, we try to get any copies of mortgages that are still outstanding on the property, just so we know, you know, how they took title, you know, when they took out a mortgage, you know, the constraints of the mortgage, um, if there is a mortgage at all. Um, we try to see if there are any certificate of trust. Um, if it's an LLC, we have to get operating agreements. Um, if there are, you know, sellers that have deceased, we have to get debt certificates. Um, so there are a lot of different things that we have to secure depending on what is pertinent to the property. Um, who owns the property. Um, so there are relocation deals that we have to do as well, too. So if somebody is relocating from another state or even another country, um, you know, there are different things that we have to gather for that type of you know, transaction. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, the, I mean, the sky's the limit. I mean, it's, you know, the, <laughs> I can imagine. Right. We are that hub, basically. And um, like you said, I mean, every realtor should go through a title company. I mean, so, you know, we are the ones that specialize in what you should do, you know, when you're when you have a purchaser, when you have a seller, you know, how to get that to close. Oh, yeah. You definitely want some type of guarantee for like that you own your house or that someone doesn't have interest in your house or something like that. I just I never understand why it's even a question for most people. Why, why play that game, especially if it's not going to cost you any money? Like, if I'm not mistaken, sellers usually pay for the title insurance. 
um, if you're a buyer. Yeah. So unless otherwise, yeah. you know, exactly. That's so. yeah, that's a great way, you know, and that's another thing too, a misconception. You know, a lot of people think it's expensive going through a title company and not necessarily. I mean, it's flat fees. You know, we charge you one flat fee. Um, a lot of other fees are just, you know, county fees and you, yeah. know, you have to pay just to sell your house. I mean, it's, you know, transfer taxes, honestly, are the worst, you know, <laughs> right. But, Right. You can blame the state for that. And and so for instance, for these for people who don't know, what are transfer taxes? Um, so basically that's a cost that you pay um, per the there's a county and state. And I think what, when you equal it together, it's like eight dollars and ten cents per thousand, mm -hmm. basically, is what the state requires us to charge for you to sell a house. Um, it's a fixed amount. Um, so, you know, a lot of people try to shop around different title companies. See, you know, I'm going to get a break on my transfer taxes. Unfortunately, we're all working on the same calculator. So, um, you know, it's like, like I said, you can blame the state of Michigan for, you know, that cost, but it's a fixed cost. Um, same with, you know, an owner's policy uh, that's based off of the sales price. Uh, loan policy is based off the loan price. So there, there's a lot of fixed costs here, you know, that are just already built into the transaction. So you don't really have to worry about about, you know, being nickel and dimed extra, you know, for using a title company. It's all built in. Exactly. And I used to think that they were like percentages and like my first few deals, I'm like, man, these closing costs are, and you're right. I looked at the, the well, it's the Alta now, I used to call it the HUD. Right. I, I know. I would look at it and I'm like, oh, you know, it's pretty, pretty straight to the point. And so, yeah, it's like, use it. It's definitely worth your time, especially since you get that like kind of lifetime guarantee as long yeah. as everything's done properly. And so how do you feel about split title? Um, Honestly, it's a, it's a new thing now. Um, you know, COVID, I feel like it's, it's been, it's been around for sure. I feel like pre-COVID, it didn't happen as much. Um, people kind of like to keep it with the same title companies just for, you know, disbursement purposes. You know, people want to get keys at the table. You know, they want to get their checks at the table, you know, their copies and all that without having to wait for another party to finish signing, sure. which I fully understand. Um, but COVID has really changed that a lot. Um, we have a lot of true split closings now, um, which is, you know, same time, uh, same, you know, different location um, is kind of how things are happening now because uh, right. people just don't want to be in the same room with each other anymore. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it used to be, you know, they just didn't like each other, you know, <laughs> just, you know, which is fine. You know, we still have that happen, but now it's the whole like contagion aspect. So, you sure. know, oh, you know, I'm autoimmune compromised. I have a baby. I this, you know, everybody has their own story as to why they can't close in the same room. Yes. So, um, so that's been the, you know, and with every, um, everybody being at different locations now, it's like, there's two different title companies involved in every transaction. Um, and that's it, added a different element for sure uh, to the business because you're usually working, you know, with your own title company or just right. on your own. Um, so I, I think it adds more to that whole customer service aspect because, you know, not only do I have to be, you know, a customer service to, you know, my agent and to their clients, but I also to the other title company, you know, because we're, we're working for a similar goal. So, you know, we got to be friends here. Otherwise, you know, it's going to be a problem. <laughs> yeah, no, I've always been, when I first found out about a split closing, I'm like, wow. And I started using it almost all the time, mainly for me, it was um, prior to COVID, but it was mainly because I had a couple of deals or a lot of deals where I would find the agent to be unprofessional. And oftentimes then their title company won't really do much unless things are signed off on and blah, blah, blah. But the person generally to facilitate the other side is the other agent. 
And so sure. I like to use title companies that I'm familiar with. I've talked to the people, I've used the people before. And again, they can't do anything illegal, but that familiarity also, you know, when I'm recommending them to my client or whatever it may be, I feel a little bit more confident that our deal might go smoothly or more smooth um, because we're using, you know, a title company that I am familiar with. But a lot of agents, I don't like split closings. I can tell when I do them. And if I'm not mistaken, really the only time you can't do one is if it's a cash deal. That is correct. Um, okay. The list side, uh, they automatically take both sides of the transaction when you're doing a cash deal. Yes. Yes. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. And so what do you wish most agents knew about using title companies or just title companies in general? Um, the more information, the better. <laughs> We are not psychic. <laughs> You're not? Because I thought that you were. <laughs> you know, right. We do these transactions all the time, but everyone is different. You know, we can't assume that, you know, a trustee, you know, has a certificate of trust. Not everybody does. I mean, you know, they don't even know where it is, but they know they have a trust somewhere, you know. <laughs> So it's just, you know, you got to build us, set us up for success, you know, because exactly. like, if you give us the information, then we can make it happen, you know, exactly. um, and, and, you know, honestly, like timeliness is a thing, you know, I mean, we got a lot of different transactions, we got a lot of deals, we got a lot of customers that we're trying to make happy. And, you know, a 24 hour closing is not going to set us up for success, you know, and it's not going to set you up for success. So oh, no. it's just, you know, I mean, we embody, you know, as much as you give us. So it's like, if you, you know, if you're going to give us a, you know, LLC that's, you know, trying to sell their property tomorrow and they have a lender, you know, it's like, that's going to be a very rough closing. You know? and, and so what, from my knowledge more so, I mean, other people can learn too, but so what is the biggest problem with um, an LLC with a lender? Uh, it's just, there are a lot of things that you have to get. Um, there are operating agreements that you have to get. There are different signers that you have to approve and make sure that they're authorized to sign on behalf of the LLC. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of LLCs now, they, you know, they come up overnight and they like to flip houses. So then you got sworn statements and lien waivers that you got to call on. Mm -hmm. And, you know, honestly, contractors don't like to call people back. So it's like, you know, you got to give us at no. least two to three days, you know, to call the same guy over and over again, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I do know that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and mechanics lien is a big deal. They can put a lien on a house for up to a year, you know? So it, it's just, there are processes that we have to go through. And if you give us that time and you give us the information that we need, then, I mean, we can rock it out, you know, yeah. but that's where, that's where you get things that are, you know, gonna, make things a little more of a struggle and it's going to make the title company seem like, Oh, they don't really know what they're doing, you know, but I mean, sometimes these things take time. If you oh, have yeah. a Detroit property and it's tax title, you know, you got to go and file for a FOIA package over at the city. I mean, you got to think about how long that stuff takes. Yeah. You know? That takes, if I'm not mistaken, that can take two weeks to a month, if not longer. Right. Oh, for sure. For <laughs> <laughs> Is on that property, you know, some of them aren't too bad, you know, and, but a lot of them have a lot of history on them that haven't been cleaned up. So, mm -hmm. it, you know, it, it's just, you really have to understand the type of property that you're approaching the title company with and, you know, give them that time to sort it through. Absolutely. Absolutely. And generally, like for a general process, like, I don't know, conventional FHA, what's comfortable? I, I know a lot of people do like maybe 30 to 45 days to close. If it's cash, we're talking two weeks, but if it's cash, what do you think is comfortable if it's a pretty normal deal for a title company rather? 
Yeah, cash deals really aren't bad. Those are great to me, to be honest, because on a cash deal, I mean, you can e-sign everything, I, you know, realistically, um, you know, there are some notary documents, uh, you know, that you can send to the seller, but you know, that's an easy FedEx, you know, send them over FedEx, you, you know, they can secure the own notary, we can get a notary for you, you know, I mean, a seller closing fee for us is only $100. So, okay. and you know, and I mean, that includes us sending the FedEx, you know, getting it back. If you want the notary, we'll get that for you as well. I, you know, so that's like an all encompassing service. And those are pretty easy just because you don't really have to come to the closing for that to happen. You know, people are wiring in their money and then we're wiring, you know, the proceeds back out. So, it, you know, I think those transactions are pretty smooth um, and easy uh, just for the fact of, you know, not having that in-person aspect um, and less documentation, definitely, because you're not dealing with the lender mortgage documents, which I mean, those are 100, 120 pages plus. So, you know, so that you know, should definitely add some time. And those closings are for notaries to hire those notaries for those type of closings are more expensive, you know, definitely because, you know, they have to be um, more versed um, in the mortgage documents and how to explain those if the customers has any questions, you know, stuff like that. So I'll definitely say the cash deals are less lengthier, less documentation. Um, but I mean, the mortgage loans are great too. I mean, you know, FHA conventional, I mean, they're basically all the same. It's just a matter of what documents are included versus what are not. Um, but honestly, I think the, uh, the beauty of the beast there is what lender you're working with. Uh, Cause every lender is going to come in, you know, different shapes and, you know, forms and, you know, some are way better than others, uh, you know, definitely, you know, in that, <laughs> you know, you already know in their timeliness and, you know, how they make their promises and how they live up to it. So, so I think that's the, the biggest thing. Once you get a, a team, you know, that like you said, like you have your title company that you're familiar with, you have your loan officer, you know, that knows the business, you know, and you have your real estate agent. Once you kind of have that group, you know, it's that that's the trifecta, you know, it's just like, you got your people working for you. They know what they're doing. And, you know, that's, that's the beauty, you know, in gotcha. the business. Gotcha. And so for FHA or conventional, what do we, what do you think is comfortable for a title company? Two weeks, three weeks, four weeks? Uh, I mean, honestly, we can turn around. It's it's really the lenders. Like, that's the thing. I mean, and honestly, I mean, clear to close are coming faster and faster lately, okay. you know, with, I mean, it's just COVID has just added such a spin, you know, to mm -hmm. the game. And mm -hmm. I mean, I've seen files, I've gotten PAs and I've seen them close. I mean, within a month, I, it's, it's incredible. I mean, you know, you get your appraisals, they, people have them out in a few days, um, I mean, honestly, I would say, yeah, but I mean, maybe within three weeks to a month, you know, you can, you can sign a purchase agreement and then be at the closing table. Gotcha. And is it a VA loan any, any different? Are there more documents, less documents, or is it about the same time um, frame? About the same it kind of, kind of depends on the lender. Um, some lenders are going to have a little bit thicker, uh, you know, VA loans than others. Okay. Um, but uh, realistically, it's just a little different. You know, you have like the pest inspection that you have to include, you know, when your purchase agreement, when you're going through a VA, basically, um, you know, they don't usually let the, you know, there's compliance fee waivers and stuff like that, that you have, you know, they kind of have given the little goodies here and there, you know, for being a veteran, which is, you know, those loans are very nice. Um, but yeah, I mean, and sometimes you'll have some forms in there that the seller has to sign, you know, so, but yeah, it's really just, I mean, every loan is going to be slightly different from sure. the other, but sure. even with the slight differences, it's barely noticeable. Hmm. Now, what about Fripta? 
So FERPTA is fun. <laughs> uh, we had a lot of FERPTA this COVID, you know, because we had a lot of, you know, sellers that owned property left the country and weren't able to come back. Yeah. So, you know, and that opened up actual uh, virtual closings for us as well, too. So um, it's called RON. I don't know if you've heard of it, the remote online notary. Mm. Um, so that is an option now that we have as well uh, for sellers that can't come in person um, that are in another country. Uh, we have an option for them to sign a deed electronically, hmm. which is just, yeah, it, it's That's just, so, yeah, it's huge. <laughs> so, you know, lenders do have to agree to it. Um, and most of them will. I mean, it's sanctioned by the underwriters. It's sanctioned by the state of Michigan. So hmm. it's, you know, it's pretty foolproof at this point. And we've been doing it since the start of COVID. So, gotcha. you know, almost about a year now at this point consistently. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, that's added a different spin. Um, but FERPTA is, it's a very interesting um, part of the real estate transaction. It's its one of those things where like, you go through it in your, you know, your questions, a seller, a US citizen, you know, most of the time you just get yes, 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 you know, then you get that one no. And then all of a sudden, it's like, God, what do we do? You know, it's just like everybody panic, you know, but honestly, FERPTA isn't that bad. It basically is, um, you know, we have to hold taxes because um, basically, you know, uh, the people that own these property, they really aren't paying taxes on them. So we, we have to hold an amount of taxes for the IRS because, you know, the IRS is always going to collect. So we have to hold um, between, you know, six, to, um, I think it's 10 to 15%. It kind of depends on the uh, sales price of the home, but um, six or 10, or sorry, 10 to 15%, we're going to hold um, from the seller proceeds. Um, essentially that goes to the IRS. From there, they do their calculating. They take back whatever they want and then they'll give you back whatever they think they don't need. Um, so it's really that simple. I think a lot of people get really shook about FERPTA because, you know, it's like a six page form, you know, you got to add your social number to it. I mean, there's a bunch of questions that you got to answer and it just seems so nerve wracking, but oh, honestly, yeah. it's just, it's just the IRS just making sure they get their cut. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And for anybody that doesn't know, I'm, I forget exactly, but I think it's foreign investments. I'll just have you do it. Personal transaction or act or whatever, but I'll, I'll have you use the acronyms it's been a while yeah so honestly i'm like playing at choose we use it for all the time things foreign investments real estate um transaction uh think i'm trying to think i i'm like missing i'm missing the a no don't feel bad foreign investment in real in real property tax act Oh, real property. Okay, there you go. Yeah. So, so for a lot of foreigners, this is something that you'll have to deal with. And a lot of times they don't even know that it exists, especially if it's their first transaction. Well, and they're like, what? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just, it's such a behind the scenes thing. Honestly, mm -hmm. it's like, we're just holding 10 or 15% from your proceeds. And then we're cutting a check to the IRS. And then you're just going to get something in the mail later saying, hey, thank you for paying your taxes. I, you exactly. know, it's just, it's just so seamless. And, oh, I, and yeah. I think, you know, a lot of people, you know, even with the title itself, I don't even really remind myself of what FERPTA is called because it's, it doesn't sound as scary as, you know, <laughs> name makes it seem. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Exactly. I've had, I've had people for, for a while, I was selling a lot of houses for people who didn't live in the country. And, mm -hmm. you know, some of them just did not love it they did not like it they didn't know it existed but they didn't want anyone to hold any of their money i had one person i don't remember yeah. the exact instance but 
this is actually a little bit different, but they started an LLC, like, I don't know, it wasn't in a timely manner, and they decided to, or they hadn't started the LLC yet, they decided to have a check cut to this LLC, and then the bank was like, well, it could be a year before we can even cash this. I think he was born. I think he had just started an LLC. And it's just like, there's so much that you don't know about. It makes sense to get with your agent early, get with their title company early and start asking questions and getting an idea of what you might be looking at. So that, you know, the day of when you think you're going to take all this money, sorry, my phone, my camera does that sometimes. But anyway, <laughs> like, ah. um, all this money. And then you have to like either have some of it withheld or, you know, create new expenses for yourself. So just start talking to the people early on when you're talking about selling your house or before you put it on the market or during that process. This is a really good time to start talking to people and getting an idea of what you might be looking at. So you can plan accordingly, you know, maybe it wasn't the greatest idea for him to use an LLC that time, but he figured it out, but he definitely took him some time and it's hard to figure things out when you don't live in that state or the country, you know? So just a thought, and this is, has nothing to do with that, but yeah, since we're talking about stuff, you put well, it out there. But a hundred percent. I mean, I've had, you know, even just, uh, you know, people from Canada, you know, and for you think that Canada is so close, but they're not U.S. citizens. Yeah, so exactly. even with that, you know, I mean, you have to have a U.S. bank account in order to deposit, you know, proceeds from yes. a U.S. transaction. Yes. So and that's another factor people don't understand. You know, we can't wire to a foreign bank account. You know, we can like you cannot deposit our check into a foreign bank account. Right. And, oh, that was what happened. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. 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 He so couldn't deposit it. Yeah, that's what I thought you were getting to because I'm like, yeah, that's a big problem. Like you can <laughs> you can go all the way up to selling the house and then you have all this money and it's like, what are you gonna do with it? Right. <laughs> just a, a check or just something sitting there and like this. What can be worse than that? Like, oh, I've got a million dollars or 500000 or a couple hundred thousand dollars and I can't touch it, you know, or I have to right? wait. You know, you've been waiting oh, for this exactly. money all this time. Yeah, so that's why it's really important to have those conversations and figure out, do I need to open up a bank account? Do I need to, you know, how long do I need to keep it open? You know, and then how do I get those funds over, you know, to Ireland or England or, you know? Yep. So, yeah, those yep. are very important things. So it sounds like with COVID, things actually might have sped up a little bit and really aren't really being held up like they used to be. I, I was going to ask, you know, like, have you noticed a big change? And I still will, but it seems like things are actually moving a little bit quicker. They are very quick. Um, you know, like I said, with the closings, you know, they're very quick. Um, you know, even with the clear to closes, I mean, they're coming super fast. Um, you know, we're having next day closings. Um, you know, we have lenders now that are starting to allow some e-signing. Um, to an extent, uh, which is pretty new. Um, Michigan is a wet sign state, though. So, you know, the no the mortgage, you know, those notary docs, you still have to sign in person. Yes. But I mean, realistically, those were like 10 documents, you know, out of like 100. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, we've had a lot of closings set up where people will come in, um, sign their 10 documents, go home, and then e-sign the rest of them. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, it just, it makes things very seamless. Um, you know, I personally, I refinanced and my lender um, did a hybrid closing is what we're calling them now. Um, so, you know, I did all of my wet sign documents in person and then I e-signed everything else the morning of my closing. That's awesome. That's good to know. It's kind of a little concerning that there's so many clear to closes so fast, but yeah. I'm not going to go there. But short of that, that's good, you know. 
Um, it is. It is. I mean, you know, trend doesn't really exist anymore. I, you know, it's kind of one of those things where people like to be like, oh, you know, does trend still apply? And I'm like, I couldn't tell you when it starts or when it ends. I, I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's like too fast. And, and real quick, just define trend for people who don't know what trend is. Um, so basically, it's the um, truth in lending, basically. The, so the idea that you have to have a three-day window um, to close. Uh, so that gives the buyer the right to look over their documents, their pre-disclosure, um, make any changes or decisions, or even rescind if they want to. Um, you know, so that this is that three-day period that everybody has that, you know, that's like holding your breath, you know, you know, right before the closing. So you get there clear to close and even sign at the table. Gotcha. Gotcha. So I know you're not from Detroit, so I'm going to let you answer this however you want to answer it. But what is your craziest Detroit story or your craziest Chicago story or your craziest story in general? Or if you don't have any of those, your most embarrassing story, if you'd like to share that. Do you have any? Oh, boy. I'm sure you got at least Uh, one. I was going to say, like, I mean, you just can put a camera on me and you can just see embarrassment daily. So that's like, honestly, but. Um, I would say like one of the coolest things that have happened to me when I was in Chicago. So the um, the bridges come up there. If you're mm-hmm. on like the main bridge along Lakeshore Drive there, that bridge comes up. Mm-hmm. I have never seen it come up in my lifetime until but once when I was a kid, um, there was a boat that was actually coming through. Um, it was just one of those emergency situations. I don't think anybody knew it was coming through. Mm-hmm. They're on a school bus on the bridge and they actually had to lift the bridge while we were on it and so it was it was wild <laughs> like how does that yeah. work you did you did you slide down or like how no, does that work? So you put your emergency brake on okay so you, they t- warned everyone put your emergency brake on because they they only had to lift it up enough oh, for okay, the not like... through. <laughs> yeah those higher ones so it, it had they had just enough for the sail to get through but it was i mean it was wild i didn't even know the thing could raise you know it's like it's what like, is I mean, happening it's, right <laughs> bridge and you're just like whoa you know like oh my god you know and you're a kid and you're on the school bus and you're like oh my god like this is awesome (laughs) right kids right me on the other hand as an adult like oh my god what is this kids i drive past it all the time now and i'm like if this thing ever lifts off well like in you know in my adult years no there's no way i like i could survive (laughs) (laughs) i gotta pass out Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, that was a good one. That was definitely a good one. All right. Well, we got a quick word from our sponsors. Is work or real estate getting you down? Are you feeling burned out or depressed? Where there's a solution you can use right from the comfort and privacy of your own home computer. Center for Establishing Recovery is Metro Detroit's leading provider for e-therapy. If you're in need of a listening ear, contact Center for Establishing Recovery at establishingrecovery.com. Again, that website, establishingrecovery.com. If you have a question or topic you're interested in having us discuss or interested in coming on as a guest, advertising, real estate services, or sponsoring an episode, go to brickandmortardetroit.com slash podcast. Again, that website, brickandmortardetroit.com slash podcast. Danny, is there anything else you'd like to share or promote before we end? Links, socials, where can people find you? This is your time. Um, 
Well, um, I work for uh, Real Estate One is the hub. Um, so we encompass, um, you know, realers, uh, realtors. Uh, we encompass an insurance company. We have Capital Title, of course, that I work under. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, if you ever want to come and find me, um, I am on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. I am on Instagram. You know, definitely come and look for me. Capital Title is the insurance. Um, you know, title insurance company that I work for. Uh, so we would love, you know, to have your business uh, try out a transaction with us if you'd like. Um, you know, we're here, we're in Michigan, and we're happy to help. Awesome. 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 Well, that's it for today. You've been listening to the Brick and Mortar Detroit podcast, where we discuss business, real estate, lifestyle, and travel. I'm your host, Eric Andrews, founder and owner of Brick and Mortar Detroit Real Estate Brokerage. I started this podcast for boots on the ground insights from not just one, but as many industry professionals that I could find. As always, don't just dream, build your dream. Follow us on Instagram at brick and mortar D-E-T. For everything else, brickandmortardetroit.com slash podcast. Brick and Mortar Detroit podcasts and newsletters reflect the opinions of only the authors who are associated guests of podcasts and do not reflect the views of Brick and Mortar Detroit LLC or any of its subsidiaries or affiliates. They are for informational purposes only and are not a recommendation of an investment strategy or to buy or sell any home, security, or asset in any market. They are also not research reports and are not intended to serve as the basis for any investment decision. Any third-party information provided therein does not reflect the views of Brick and Mortar Detroit LLC or any of their subsidiaries or affiliates. All investments involve risk, including the loss of money, principal, and past market performance does not guarantee future results. We always recommend you enlist a professional entity for any investment decision you may be considering.